Hello and welcome to Billiken Babble. I am your host Carter Chapley and I am excited to bring you another episode brought to you by Scoops with Danny Mac where all of my Billiken coverage can be found. On this episode we are previewing the Archbaron Cup, the most intense rivalry in all of the Atlantic 10, St. Louis University versus the University of Dayton. The Flyers and the Billikens coming at you from UD Arena in Dayton, Ohio, Tuesday night. On this episode, we have Tyler Cronin of the 3-Bit League podcast. He and his co-host Matt cover all things Atlantic 10. All 14 teams get some coverage and are excited to be bringing in their newest team in Loyola, Chicago. The Billikens coming off of a huge win over the Iona Gales, going on a little bit of a streak, playing another really tough game at Chaffetz Arena, and they are now looking to go 2-0 in conference play after a win over Richmond on their own home court. They go on the road for the first time to take on the Flyers. So let's not waste any time, and let's get to Tyler now. We now welcome on to Billiken Babel to prepare us for the dreaded Arch Baron Cup, the biggest A-10 game of the year. Tyler Cronin of the Three Bid League podcast. Tyler, how are you? I'm great, Carter. Thank you for having me on. And I couldn't agree more. Biggest A-10 game of the year every year. Best rivalry in the conference. Tyler is unlike maybe any other guest we've had so far. Between him and his co-host Matt on the Three Bid League pod, they are as experts as you get of the entire league as a whole. Can you tell us a little bit what you guys do on your podcast? Yeah, so this is uh, year four of the show. We really dive into the A-10 as a whole. All 14 teams this year because they're all interesting in various different ways. And we have a bunch of great guests from around the conference. People represent all the different schools. Our last episode, we had some great guys from LaSalle on, even though they stink. So we cover all corners of the conference from the good to the bad. You really shine a light on the entire league as a whole. And for that, we all thank you. You make our intelligence better on even the teams we don't know much about. And hopefully soon, those boys up in Chicago. Yeah, well, first of all, I, I appreciate hearing that, Carter. Um, yeah, Loyola is going to be a great addition for the A-10, um, especially for all of the, especially Dayton and St. Louis fans in Chicago. We'll now get to go see See some more away games. Now, speaking of which, we do have you on for this big Dayton-St. Louis game, and both you and your co-host are Dayton guys originally, correct? Yep, we are alums. We were roommates there. That's how the whole thing started. That is spectacular. Now, can you tell us, it seems like if you look at their schedule, they've had a bit of an up and down season. Tell us about what's going on over there in Ohio. So it's been maybe the most bizarre year I've ever seen from a schedule perspective. Dayton opens the year with a a mediocre win over Illinois Chicago and then proceeds to lose three straight home games to teams ranked outside of the top 200 in all of college basketball. UMass Lowell, Lipscomb, and Austin P. They got particularly pounded in the Lipscomb game. They bounce back by going down to a Thanksgiving weekend tournament in Orlando. They beat Miami, who, of course, is just coming off a big win over Duke. They beat a top 10 Kansas team, and they beat Belmont to win the title down there. Ever since then, it's just been kind of kind of give and take. They lost some tough road games in the non-conference. They lost to VCU on a buzzer beater. But they've been taking care of business at home for the most part, beat Virginia Tech, went on the road and beat George Washington. So it's a team, it's a real uh, Jekyll and Hyde team to kind of take the take the famous turn of phrase there. So what is it about this team that makes them so two-faced? I think if you look at the roster, there's been a lot of turnover, hasn't there been, since that you know, story team of two years ago. Well, that whole team is gone unless you want to count uh, one walk on Chris Wilson, who's still around. Everyone else who was with them has since graduated or transferred out. 
this year in particular, they are incredibly young. 11 guys are either in their first or second year of college basketball. I think that contributed a lot to the bad early season losses. They couldn't get their rotation quite figured out until they got down to Orlando. And the biggest thing, their superstar freshman point guard, Malachi Smith, was coming off the bench for all of those bad games at the beginning. And since he's entered the starting lineup, they've just been significantly better. A young team led by an alum himself and Anthony Grant, when this team is doing what they want to do best, when they are succeeding and clicking on all cylinders, what does that look like for these flyers? So it's funny. It was in my preparation to come on here today that it really hit me. This team looks like an old slew team, like the French Goodwin, Travis Ford teams, where they just want to shoot a lot of twos. And they're actually great at it. They're 13th in all of college basketball in two-point percentage, an excellent 57.2%. They're really not that good anywhere else offensively. And the big thing is, as I mentioned, Smith, their star young point guard, he's a great driver. He's a great passer. He's not a confident shooter yet. And then their next two best guys are a pair of super talented big men, another freshman in Deron Holmes, who has kind of a... It may be blasphemy to compare them, but he has an Obi Toppin-like skill set. He is a great dunker, unbelievable cutter to the rim, really bouncy, with a moderate jump shot. And then they got another guy, a Georgia transfer into Mani Kamara, who they've tried to use as more of a perimeter threat, but is really at his best as a post-up guy and as a cutter. What I'm hearing is the Billikens will really need Martin Linson back off the injured reserve list. A lot of bigs who can really have an impact on this team. Oh, they're going to have to because Dayton, if they can, if they can kill you at the rim, they're going to beat you no matter what. So Linzen and Akora are going to have to play great defense in this game. What is the weakest aspect of this Dayton club? Where do you beat them? Well, I guess there's, there's not really a way to particularly beat Dayton, but they do often beat themselves. And a lot of it is out on the perimeter offensively. They have some weak wing depth. Guys like Elijah Weaver, who's their oldest player, former five-star recruit, spent a year at USC before coming over to Dayton. Kobe Brea, sharpshooter, sophomore. Uh, Mustafa Amzil, who was an all-rookie team guy last year before taking a big step back this year. Those guys are all really hot and cold, and they're relying on them for huge contributions. So if one of those guys doesn't have a hot streak, then odds are Dayton's going to be below average from three-point range. And then... Maybe the biggest thing, they commit a ton of turnovers. They're in the bottom 25 in all of college basketball and turnover rate. Smith's great handling the ball, but he is still a freshman. He does have a tendency to give it up more than you'd like. Weaver has a ton of turnover issues. Their other starting guard, Kobe Elvis, he has some turnover problems. And really, that kind of plagues the whole team. Giving up extra possessions where you otherwise really need them in an offense that doesn't have a high scoring volume, a two-point shooting team. Yeah, exactly. Because they just can't rely on the three ball to go in on, on any given night. It'll happen sometimes, but it's it's not something you can bank on. Tell us, what matchup are you looking at between these two teams that you think could be the X factor in this game? I think it's got to be really the simple one here. It's the battle of the point guards. 
Malachi Smith against Yuri Collins. As I mentioned, Smith's one kind of bugaboo. He can turn the ball over sometimes. He's a young guy. And so Yuri Collins has a chance to rattle him. But on the other end, Dayton's going to run their press against Collins. They're going to have Smith and Elvis blitzing him all game, and they're going to try to tire him out. I don't expect Yuri Collins to really do much to hurt Slu in this game, but we've seen some really good point guards struggle against the Dayton pressure this year. And SLU does not do well against pressure. We just saw that this week in their big win against Iona, but it took a little while for them to figure that out. We're here with Tyler Cronin of the Three Bid League podcast. Tyler, for those of us who are traveling up to Dayton, what can we expect from the town? Where should we be stopping in to go visit? Wow. Um, you know, if you got a little bit of time to kill, it's certainly good to just walk around the campus. Um, it's a, a pretty small campus, quite frankly, uh, compared to what you would think very easy to travel through. you got two different experiences you can go through. You can wander in the student neighborhood, see all the houses where they live, or go right to the center of campus. There's a nice little green space that is a lot better when it's not January, but still nice to see for a first-timer. Tyler, thank you again for joining us today on Billick and Babel. Can you tell us where we can find you or how we can support the work you do? Yeah, there's two different spots uh, depending on how you like your uh, college basketball coverage. So you can listen to myself and my friend Matt on the Three Bid League podcast. That's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods or on Twitter at the number Three Bid League pod. If you prefer the written word, I'm over on Busting Brackets. Uh, popping out an article once every few weeks. My latest one was an A10 watchability guide. So if you're a fan of Sloop, but don't know much about the other teams, don't know what to keep your eye on, that's chock full of stuff like most entertaining players, best matchups, uh, a non-conference recap, all that stuff. So I personally think it's worth the time checking it out and reading it. Thank you again, Tyler, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. A really special thank you again to Tyler for coming on and giving us a comprehensive look at the Dayton Flyers, preparing us for what to expect in this bitter, bitter rivalry with a ton of history. Just in the recent years, there are still guys on this Billiken team that remember that heartbreaking loss a couple of years ago to the Flyers at Chaffetz Arena. You know, the core of this team still largely here after that game despite the fact that the Dayton Flyers have largely moved on from that team and have kind of seen that team come and go, and the next generation of Flyers is still here. An interesting look into what the Dayton Flyers have become and what to expect going into this rivalry game. I think the fact that they're so young is going to play a factor into this game compared to a Billiken team with a little bit more experience, but I think more established continuity in how they want to play. They know each other a little bit better whereas this young Flyers team is still trying to figure it out. I wouldn't call the Billiken team old, but I would call them experienced. Yuri Collins, for example, is now a third-year college basketball player. Gibson, TJ, Francis, Martin, DeAndre. Like, you go up and down the lineup. Fred, you have guys who have played a lot of college basketball minutes and played a lot of minutes with each other, so they know more about each other, whereas Dayton is still very clearly trying to figure it out. But I think we've seen that their potential is so great. They beat that Kansas team. They beat Belmont. They have some good wins over some good teams. And come tournament time, they are going to be a problem if they can put it all together. 
I am also really excited for that Smith-Collins point guard matchup. I think Yuri has the potential to really go off in this game and be a real X-factor. He tends to do way better with guards who are more similar to his size. And Malachi Smith is more of a guard who's in his body frame. I think he stands six foot. They're very, very similar. But if you were looking for a match to look at, if Martin Linson is back, that's going to change this game. He's coming back from injury. He was dressed during that Iona game, but didn't see any time on the floor. So if you have a rotation of him, Francis, and Lucina Traore coming off the bench, I think you're going to have a better chance of keeping up with this real deep stable of Dayton big men. Again, thank you to Tyler. Go listen to the 3 Bid League podcast if you want everything to do with the Atlantic 10. Some really good matchups coming up here soon, and they have it all for you. So until next time, after this game, we have the Fordham Rams at Shavitz Arena. Another really good game the Billikens should expect to win with a surging Fordham team. They start to figure some things out. But until then, be good to each other and roll bells. Roll bells.